0: To parse, the official podcast of the Elaheo Midjar Mirjalali Institute of Iranian Studies at the University of Toronto. In Persian, Parse means strolling or wandering around as an observer of contemporary life and modernity. In a similar spirit, our podcast Parse aims to take our listeners on an intellectual stroll in the field of Iranian studies, where they can listen to different ideas from leading thinkers, academics activists, and authors in the discipline. Our podcast will provide thought-provoking excerpts from lectures and seminars organized by the Iranian Studies Institute at U of D to make the extensive work we do with our partners more accessible to academics and non-academics alike across Canada and beyond. The 25th episode of Parse is an excerpt of a talk given by Dr. Simin Kadimi, where she discusses the history of the Indo-European language family and more specifically Iranian languages starting in the 16th century. Furthermore, she discusses current trends and prospects in the field of Iranian linguistics, particularly the research undertaken by the Iranian linguistics research team at the University of Arizona formed in 2015. Kadimi has published many journal articles, book chapters, and one book-length monograph. She is currently preparing a volume on the syntax, morphology, and phonology of five Iranian languages – Baluchi, Asetian, Pashto, Persian, and Sorani Kurdish. A project funded by the National Science Foundation. Dr. Karimi earned her PhD in theoretical linguistics from the University of Washington in 1989, and is currently a professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Arizona. She served as a department head from 2011 to 2016. In addition, she has been the chair of the Iranian linguistics research team since 2015 in the same department.
1: So let's start with Indo-European language family. Uh, 46% of the world's population, about 3.2 billion people speak uh, Indo-European languages. Here's a map, you see different, not only different languages, but different uh, language families, for example, Germanic languages here in in, uh, brown and and, uh, Romance languages here on this side in green, Slavic languages um, in orange, And on the left, right-hand side of the map, you see uh, Indo-Iranian languages, so Indic languages and Iranian languages. Uh, So these two uh, families, they make uh, a a family together, one language family that belongs to Indo-European family. The green part uh, consists of the Indic, languages, and the oldest one, oldest language in this family is, of course, Sanskrit and then Prakrit, and there are many languages, uh, modern uh, languages spoken in India, like Bengali, Hindi, um, uh, Punjabi, and lots of other languages. Uh, the map on the left hand side, uh, which is red, is consists of Iranian languages. And there are several language, uh, languages spoken in this area in addition to, um, to Persian, and we are going to talk about some of them today more in detail. Um, as Windfor writes, uh, with an estimated 150 to 200 million native speakers, the Iranian language family is one of the world's major language families. The exact number of languages in these families are not However, it has been estimated to be around 86. The majority of these languages are understudied at best. So uh, there is no definite agreement about the classification of these languages, but um, we could roughly divide them into four major groups, Northwestern, Southwestern, Northeastern, or rather Northern and Southeastern Iranian languages. Now, the question is how did we come to know that Iranian uh, Indian languages belong to the Indo-European family. Uh, during the 16th century, European visitors to India began to notice similarities among Indo-Iranian, Indo-Aryan, Iranian, and European languages. But the first person, the first time that some systematic comparison was done between these languages, uh, the first person who did it was Sir William Jones, who lived in In the 18th century, he was an Anglo-Welsh philologist. He was also a judge. He lived in Bengal and was a scholar of ancient India. Uh, By investigating the structure of Latin, Greek, Sanskrit, and Old Persian, he proposed the existence of a genetic relationship among European and languages spoken in Iran and in India. Later in the 19th century, someone by the the name of Thomas Young, who was actually a medical doctor and was interested in language, he coined the term Indo-European. So this shows the geographical extremes of the language family, which starts in the, goes from Western Europe to North India. In the 19th century, uh, linguistics was based on uh, comparative analysis. The goal was to find which language was the original language and where was this language spoken. They never reached this goal, but uh, they, they did a lot of real good work and they came up with, um, the, the outcome was uh, a lot of interesting uh, issues like which language belongs to, to which family um, and and so on. So uh, lots of people worked in this er- in, in this era on compare compar- uh, comparative analysis of uh, of these languages. Franz Boepp was one of the pioneers in this area. He wrote a lot about uh, 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 the, uh, the languages that you know European languages, the ancient forms of these languages. Uh, So, for example, in 1816, he wrote on the conjugational system of of, of Sanskrit compared with uh, Greek, Latin, Persian, and German. Lots of other language scholars, they compared ancient Greek, Latin, Sanskrit, Old Persian, and Avestan in a systematic way and found that these languages share morphological properties including verbal inflection and rich case system. Some of these languages have up to eight different cases, like nominative case, accusative case, baby, instrumental, and so on. What is the status of Iranian languages in areas that they are spoken? Uh, most Iranian languages lack an official or national status. Persian is the official language in Iran, of course while other Iranian languages spoken in Iran are considered dialects of Persian and lack an um, official status. Kurdish is suppressed in various countries where uh, Kurdish peoples live, and neither Pashto nor Baluchi have an official status at the federal level in any area that uh, they they are spoken. Uh, Ossetian, that's called Ossi in Persian, is an official language in the Republic of uh, North uh, Ossetia, from Alanya in Russia and also in South uh, Ossetia. I would like to say a few words about language and dialect because this question always comes up, what is a language and when do we call something a language and when do we call it a dialect? There are basically uh, two different um, definitions for language and dialect. One is uh, based, I mean politically based and that's based on unification and identification. For example, Mandarin and Cantonese, linguistically, they are two distinct languages. Uh, they are considered to be dialect of Chinese because they are spoken in the same country. On the other side of the coin, uh, Norwegian, Swedish, and Danish, they are descendants from uh, North Norse, they are mutually intelligible. Linguistically, when two languages are mutually intelligible, we call them dialects. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm putting it very in a very simple way. And if they are not understandable, if speakers of two different um, dialects don't understand each other, they're called two different languages. I'm, I'm a native speaker of Persian. In order to be able to communicate with someone who speaks Kumangji, for example, or Baluchi. I need to, to learn those languages, otherwise I, I wouldn't be able to communicate it. Uh, there is a joke among linguists, uh, which goes: a language is a dialect with an army and a flag. Uh, so basically, if uh, a dialect has an army behind it, it's called a language. Otherwise, it's an uh, it's, a, it's a dialect. And there is a lot of truth behind that. Now, let me. Uh, turn into Iranian linguistics and say a few words about that. Previous work on Iranian languages has mainly focused on various aspects of Persian. This also includes the historical aspect of this language. In the 80s, when I was a graduate student, um, there were only a few of us who were working on Iranian languages, a handful of us, And most of us, maybe all of us, were working, actually, on on Persian. Uh, Thanks to the rise of modern linguistics, which is based on scientific approach to language, the situation has radically changed. And this is probably one of the reasons, but basically one of the main reasons. Iranian linguistics has become a growing field in terms of the variety of research projects and diversity of languages under investigation.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Parse. Your support is invaluable to us. To like, share, or listen to our latest episodes, please head to our pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. To p- watch the complete seminars, please head to the Elahe Omidyar Mujalali Institute for Iranian Studies website and YouTube page, which are linked in the description. See you again on our next episode.